Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Falcon Cast, the fastest growing podcast in the history of the known universe. And uh, it is a Thursday. So, uh, without further ado, because nothing happened in the sports world over the last couple of days. So, nothing, we, really don't, right? we really don't have anything to talk about. But uh, I, I do want to, before we get started, I want to uh, shout out to our old buddy, Jerry Bow. I had a, a great conversation with him yesterday. And uh, we're going to we're gonna do some things together again. It just, uh, uh, it, it, you know, there wasn't any like falling out or something. It was just that we, we had a business deal that, you know, it was my fault that I trusted somebody on. And uh, we, we really weren't able to work together after that because we didn't have the money to do it. And that's, that was my fault. But I, I just had such a great conversation with him yesterday. And uh, I, I would, if I were a betting man, you might see him on this podcast like really, really soon. So uh, anyway, I love you, brother. And, uh, you know, glad to talk to you yesterday. Let's get to it. Um, AJ, where do we where do we start with all this? Do we start with Belichick? Do we start with Saban? And and let's not forget forget poor Pete Carroll out there. I know our boy Pete Carroll. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's been and Mike Vrabel. We didn't. I mean, we haven't had a chance to to hit on him either. It's right. It's been uh, it's been pretty wild, man. This is one of the weirdest coaching cycles that I can think of. Like the idea that Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, and Mike Vrabel have been fired or if you want to say parted ways i don't know how i mean they they word it but they're fired like pete carroll said he was like i fought really hard to stay the head coach that means if you're not the head coach anymore you got fired from being the head coach yeah Um, but the idea that those guys are fired and dennis allen is still a head coach in the nfl (laughs) is is mind-blowing to me I, i i just don't I have a hard time processing things like that. It's like, how can this be? How how can this guy, like, is this, is this real life? Um, but they're like some of the fire Ron Rivera totally expected. Like right. that, it makes, makes perfect sense. Like there's a lot of these jobs that are supposed to have openings. Um, but some of the ones that, that do are, are fascinating. And some of the ones that don't are, are still pretty fascinating. So, uh, I, Pete Carroll may have been the most surprising one to me. Like I, I heard rumors about Mike Vrabel. I heard that it, there was a potential that they were, I, I thought they were going to trade him. Like firing him made no sense to me because he's an asset. He is a valuable asset. And I know that he and management aren't exactly on the same page. Like Mike Vrabel is one of those coaches who doesn't like it when you trade away their best players, which I kinda, you know, <laughs> yeah, I you get know, that. some guys don't like that. Um, but I had, I had heard that there, there was probably, uh, uh, it was probably coming to a head. They didn't like the way he handled his induction into the Patriots hall of fame, made it seem like he cared more about the Patriots than the Titans, which maybe he did. Um, but either way you, they're like, Oh, it would have been too difficult to trade him. What? It's too difficult to get, you know, an extra first round pick. Is that too difficult? I like, I maybe more, you might want to, you know, tough it out. Uh, Amy Adams and and go go the hard route sometimes because um, just letting him walk away for nothing and paying him to walk away is crazy to me and not getting any asset for it. The Belichick thing, I think we all saw coming, but Pete Carroll, I mean, was this a disappointing season? Yeah, but uh, I mean, what Pete Carroll's done with Geno Smith at quarterback, I know like the last couple of years have been good for Geno Smith, but think about what Geno Smith's career looked like before he got to Seattle. I mean, he was basically regarded as a completely failed first round pick and you know, Seattle's been competitive. Have they been good? No, but they've been competitive. And the, I I'll say this, the, the most alarming thing is that they fired Pete Carroll and the name at the top of everyone's list is Dan Quinn. If you think Dan <laughs> Quinn is a better head coach than Pete Carroll. I got news for you. He's not. And it, he's, well, Dan Quinn went to a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan went to a Super Bowl with Dan Quinn as his boss. And I, I think if if you go back in time and you look at, you know, why that Falcons team was in the Super Bowl, it had nothing to do with Dan Quinn. I, I think Dan Quinn is a failure as a head coach. Uh, I think Pete Carroll is a Hall of Famer. So the idea that you would fire a Hall of Famer who wanted to stay there, wanted to be there, who really seems to connect with all the players despite being the oldest head coach in the NFL, like seems like he's got really great relationship with his players. The players love to play. Like Geno Smith was in the front row of his presser crying 
yeah. when they announced this. Like they want to play for Pete Carroll. The idea that you would move on from him and then retread Dan Quinn because he's had a couple good years as the Dallas defensive coordinator with, by the way, some really freaking good players on that defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it just it's it's mind blowing to me. So, uh, th- like I said, there's some that I I kind of saw come. Belichick, I think we all saw coming. He didn't. He doesn't seem happy. I don't know if he's going to coach anymore. Um, that that's going to be interesting to see. Like if he does decide to coach, where it's going to be, what it would look like to see him as a, a head coach again. Uh, in a, in a different uniform, it's not like I mean I know he's coached for the Browns and the Jets, but it's like it, that's been forever. Like what yeah, what's yeah. what's it look like starting over for him with a new team is interesting to me. Uh, what happens to Pete Carroll? Does Pete Carroll just say okay, I'll take this front office job, or does Pete Carroll say you know what I got one more run in me? I, I, I'm curious to see with all these things. Uh, but it has been a, a freaking wild week. I I think we can almost say it's a lock that Mike Vrabel goes to New England. Um, I said yesterday when the Pete Carroll news had hit before the Belichick news hit, I said, Seattle just needs to throw the moon at Mike Vrabel today. Right. Like, don't don't wait around on this New England shit. Just throw the moon at Mike Vrabel right now and bring him in. Uh, but uh, obviously that ship has sailed. I, I'm a big believer in this, though, Fred. If you fire your head coach and you look at the list of available head coaches – and the guy you just fired is at the top of the list, you probably <laughs> fucked up. And yeah. I think the Titans fucked up. I, I think more than likely the Seahawks fucked up. So uh, this is a – it's it's one of the craziest coaching cycles I can remember in the NFL. Yeah, and I, I want to ask you a question, but first I want to welcome in all our, our Twitchers, Flip and Chucky D and Bleed Blue. Congratulations on Monday night. We'll get to that. <clears throat> Crystal, um, Seth Boss is here. Our buddy Raj, Clara's here, BC's in the house, Onzetta's in the house, uh, B. Hannon, Bear Brother. Man, all, all of our guys, man, I appreciate each and every one of you. I mean, I, I come down to a simple question, and you, you mentioned Dennis Allen. If Pete Carroll's coaching the Saints last year, they're in the playoffs. Yeah. It's, it's not even, you know, to me, that's not even a debate. And why, why they keep hanging on to this guy now, I think part of it is we, there are a lot of bad owners in the league. Some of them get it covered up because they make the right hires. Guess what? Cal McNair is a fucking idiot. But you got D'Amico Ryans, and suddenly we don't notice it, right? We never hear him. I, I and, think one of the things you got to remember is the cheap ownership. Sometimes right. you don't want to fire a coach. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, that, that team's close. And I, I think if Belichick does now, – now, the fun rumor I heard was if the Cowboys lose in the first round – uh, Belichick replaces McCarthy. I'd be like, that'd be fucking cool, actually. For I would be. I mean, it'd be crazy. Yeah, but yeah. I'd, I'd love to see it. I mean, and if you said, look at the playoff teams, how many of these playoff teams could you see the coach being fired if they like? Are any of these teams under that kind of pressure that they could get fired if they lose? I feel like the only one has to be Mike McCarthy, right? Right. Right. Oh, you know I, what? No, it's not. You know who? I, well, obviously Tampa. I mean, I, I think if Tampa yeah, loses, it, but I think Sirianni. Like, yeah, they, especially especially with that collapse. If they go out in the first round, yeah, that's a good one. Which is crazy to think they were in the freaking Super Bowl last year. But I, I agree with you. McCarthy's probably not super safe. But Sirianni and Bowles, like if 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 they whoever loses that is questionable at best i would say and, and Bowles is not questionable for this year necessarily like he, i mean he probably did okay this year but just his overall you know job performance they're probably eh, this isn't what we're looking for. we're going to move on but uh i i said this on sov if sirianni gets his ass kicked here in that town eagles fans will not they, they're not patient for it they, they're no. not yeah there's no way um Bad Hut says Bill's losing the first round and Sean McDermott may have a hot seat. I think he might go into next year, but I, I think he's safe. I, I do too. I mean, uh, but yes, if listen, if you lose as a 10 point home favorite to anybody in the playoffs, you should probably be on a hot seat. They won't fire him, uh, but he would go into next season with like a, Hey, this is, this is it. Fucking make something happen here. And flip asks, what are the odds uh, Billy B or, or Jim H go to the bears? I think the Bears is an inter- interesting job, especially with that that first pick. 
Um, and I don't know what they're going to do with Justin Fields. If, if they're going to keep him, then they trade it and get a couple other really good players. Uh, I, I don't know that I trust Caleb Williams anymore because of some of the mental, uh, mental stuff. But um, and please, did they, didn't they already confirm him for season? I, yeah, I think he, he, he fired back next year. He, he fired all his staff, but yeah, he, I also he bought think, himself some time. <laughs> I could, but I could see the Bears saying, you know what, Bill Belichick's available. See you. Yeah. Uh, and Harbaugh, I think, is another uh, snake in the grass here because I think he's still a very good football coach. Obviously, he can coach in the NFL, and I think the right fit. You know, you're you're looking at, at a team, and, and the teams that are getting rid of everybody. There was a couple that were close, uh, and then there's a lot of just bad teams that are going to have to. Um, and that's where, if I'm Bel- Belichick, I'm being real careful. It's like I think the Chargers is probably the one of the most underrated jobs out there from a talent perspective. The, the Chargers is the best job that's open and available, and here's why. Look at the list of teams that have op- job openings and look at the list of quarterbacks that those teams have. And only one of those teams – like, uh, was Justin Herbert great this year? No, but, it, I mean, this is – just the gap between Justin Herbert and the next best guy is probably like Justin Herbert to Geno Smith there's miles between those guys. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, the, the Raiders have no quarterback. The Falcons have no quarterback. The Commanders have no quarterback. The Patriots have no quarterback. Like, it's it's barren out there. So, the and that's why I think if Harbaugh went to the NFL, it would only be the Chargers because yeah. Jim Harbaugh is not going to leave the job he's got now, which, let's, let's face it, is a really good job. Uh, like Lloyd Carr lost at Michigan forever and stayed. Like you, you're allowed yeah. to, and especially now he's won a he's won a national title. He'll have all the leash in the world, but it, it, Harbaugh's not going to leave that job to go coach Mac Jones. Right, like he's not going to leave that job to go coach Desmond Ritter. Like he he's going to leave that job because he thinks that there's a special quarterback there, and you know the the problem with that is. The Chargers are not a uh, an organization who is typically willing to spend a bunch of money. And right. Like the fact that they, I mean, Brandon Staley was a a, a budget hire, um, but again, they they paid Justin Herbert like he's the truth. And it, yeah. I mean, if you if you want to make sure that money's not all wasted, you need to put a good head coach in there with him. Uh, I, I think that'd be the best fit. I, I don't know if the Chargers are willing to pull the trigger. But that the Chargers are the only coaching job that's open that has a an above average quarterback situation. And right. Like you, you can say what you want about well, they've got these draft picks. Washington's got a draft pick. I mean, you just said it. I don't trust Caleb Williams. I don't trust Drake May. I don't trust Jaden Daniel as an NFL quarterback. I like. I don't know if any of those guys are going to be any good. Yeah. Well, that's I, that's that, we're guessing, right? I mean, we think they might be good. And after the combine, everybody will have a, a better idea of whether or not they're good. But everybody thought Bryce Young was the truth last year, and it turns out it was C.J. Stroud. So if I said you like what what odds would would you have to take? What what odds would I have to give you to say you take Caleb Williams' career? I'll take Justin Herbert's. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Justin Herbert. Like two six, to one, three to one. It's probably I'm, I was I was about to say about sixty five, thirty five. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it, like you you. It, Justin Herbert again it, it hasn't been great yet, but you see the talent. I mean, he was top five in QBR this year for a team that won five games. Uh, the, right. the guy can the guy can play. It's just you got to get you got to get the right coaching. You got to get the right situation there. But yeah, Caleb Williams could like like you said could he could be Bryce Young this time next year. I don't know. He could be Josh Rosen. He, he I yeah. mean, he could be Peyton Manning. I, I I don't know, but it's a it's a guessing game with Justin Herbert. Like the floor of Justin Herbert was this season, and statistically Justin Herbert was freaking awesome. So yeah. it's uh, if that's the floor, if this if this season was the worst Justin Herbert's going to be, he's pretty damn good. I don't know about these other guys. Like the Chargers, they have to find a real coach though. They they keep bullshitting at coach, and it, it's hard to win when you when you don't take it seriously. Like you're you're wow. like you have to. I mean, look at the Texans. The Texans bullshitted a coach for like three years and were a joke. They finally got serious and instantly they're in the playoffs. I, I mean, that's a it's a big deal. Having a good coach is a big deal. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm interested though with some of these openings because I think uh, 
Um, you know, obviously Belichick is, I, I, I hope Pete Carroll gets another opportunity. Um, and I, I would like to see both those guys employed next year. Cause yeah, Pete's old, but Pete's in great shape and his mind is in great shape and he's still enjoying it. Yeah. And yeah, that, and obviously Saban, I think you could see this year wasn't enjoying it anymore. And he talked about it, how it was a grind, but in, in Pete's case, uh, if, if I'm a team and I'm not 100% sold on my coach, uh, Saints, uh, Bears, I'd, I'd, I'd kill for Pete Carroll and say, hey, come on, we'll, we'll, we'll fire this guy. The other thing that I, I would like to see is if Rabel does go to New England, takes Arthur Smith back with him because uh, that's one thing about Vrabel's offense is after he left, that's when the team kind of struggled and they were a good team together. And I think they would do a good job in there, although I don't think Mac Jones is anywhere close to the answer. But you know what? I, I that's where I, I give some credit to Mike Vrabel, and that's why, I, like, what the the Tennessee fans that were like trying to justify, like, oh, he didn't get it done, blah blah blah. Like, Ryan Tannehill, realistically, is like about as average of a quarterback as you can find. Like, Ryan Tannehill is the the last rung before you say we're fucked at quarterback. Yeah. Like, if if your guy is worse than Ryan Tannehill, you're bad. Like he had Ryan Tannehill and was the one seed in the AFC. Right. The idea that he's gotten as much out of that Titans team as he had given their quarterback play, like what he got at quarterback the last two seasons is a joke. So it's like, oh, they had that big collapse last year and they stunk this year. Well, yeah. Who's been playing quarterback for him? Like <laughs> Will Levis, who wasn't even like he, he shouldn't have even been on the field this year. Like if you were going to draft him, it was like draft him, let him learn. You didn't have that option. Like it's you're just running guy. Like you're not going to have success like that. Right. So to, to act like Mike Vrabel's the reason why the Titans weren't good. Like take a look at that offense. Take a look at what he had to work with there. You took away his best weapon. The best player on their offense was AJ Brown. You traded him. Uh, you started trading away the best players on the defense this season. It's like of, of course he didn't have the success you hoped he would have because. He wasn't set up to have that success. Like it, to me, Ar like I'm with you. If Arthur Smith, I, I think he's going to be a fine uh, coordinator. I, I think yeah. he's just a bad head coach, it's, and that, that's okay. We see that all the time. Yeah, yeah. I, but that's that's the good thing about guys like Vrabel. Like Vrabel is going to surround themselves with with good coordinators, and if they say something that he thinks is wrong, he's going to tell them get out of the way. And I think that's how you've got to be, and because I trust Mike Vrabel. I'm I'm okay with him having dopey Arthur Smith back on his staff because Arthur Smith's not making the final decisions. And I just think some guys, when they're the ones making the final decisions, eh, it's just not for them. Well, and, and those two work really well together because, uh, you know, Arthur Smith is a good offensive coach, but he's not a head coach. We, we've right. seen this a, a thousand times with good coordinators who just aren't head coaches. And that's why I always love to hire them. If I were a head coach, I'd go get me a head coach who'd just been fired who was a great coordinator. And, you know, Dan, Dan Quinn is that example. Uh, and, and I think there's a lot of them. And in, in this case, uh, I think it'd be pretty cool. But I, I think uh, what, the, what the Titans do, I, I haven't really heard anything at all about what direction they're looking. And knowing that Amy Adams, dumbass, they're going to screw this up. Uh, the guy who is available and, it, like, the guy who I think should be at the top of everybody's coaching list, I, I mean, outside of Mike Vrabel at this point, is Brian Flores. I, I still think Brian Flores is one of the 10 or 15 best coaches in the NFL, period. Like head coach, coordinator, whatever. I think he got a bad deal as the head coach in, in Miami. Like, okay, so your owner tried to get him to tank and he said no, and now he's blackballed. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought he was a good head coach then. I, I think he would still be a good head coach. Uh, I, I think you're – you know, a lot of teams don't like going defense now at head coach, but I, I think that's the way I would look. I, I, if I if I couldn't have Mike Vrabel, which I assume he's gone, if I'm any of these other teams, the the call I'm making is to uh, is to Brian Flores. I, I like that call a lot. That's a that's a good one. And he's he's been really really good as a defensive coordinator again. Man can just flat out coach, and he can. Yeah, do Minnesota both. Minnesota went from being one of the worst defenses in the league last year to being like a top ten defense this year. Their players didn't change. It's the nope. same guys. Nope. It's it's their scheme changed, and I mean, that, to me, that that tells you everything. Um, I I keep hearing Bobby Slowick's name for a lot of jobs. I, 
if I were him, I'd be very careful about what job I take because yeah. it, it, this is one of those situations where it's almost it, it would almost be like Brandon Staley. It would be jumping before you're ready. And uh, I I will say, you know, I mean, he's he's off that Shanahan tree and that those guys tend to thrive. But um, I, I would be careful about where you land, because when you're young and your first job ends up being a failure, it's hard to recover from. And it, so if he goes to Carolina. Yeah, that's that's the one that keeps jumping at me. Don't go to Carolina. And if Carolina is as hopeless as it looks right now and their ownership is now look like this is a hot take. The richest owners aren't always the best owners. So just having a bunch of money doesn't make you a great owner. Uh, it like, I, I don't know that he's making the right, it's a guy who's everything he's touched in his life turns to gold, except for this football team. That concerns me. Like, yeah. I just don't, I, I think it's a long climb out of this pit that Carolina's in because I mean, their defense did okay this year, uh, to the point where their defensive coordinator is getting like looked at by for other jobs. So he might not even be around if he right. leaves. Oh, they're in trouble because yeah. they, they've got no way to rebuild it and they're stuck with Bryce Young, and I, I just don't know if Bryce Young's worth a damn. Yeah, and, and it may just be the situation. He may get better next year. I mean, I still think the skill's there, but I just don't know if it's the skill level we thought. Uh, the one thing about Sloak, I'll say, I, I hope he learned from D'Amico, who last year his name came up for a lot of jobs. And uh, before, well, I guess two years ago, technically it would be. And he basically just said, I'm not ready. I need another year. And... You know, he did that, and it, it worked out really well for him. And I, I, I think he and Slowick are pretty close, and I'm pretty sh- sure he'd tell him the same thing. Because, you know, another year here, and then you'll have your pick of jobs. If, if we do this again with your offense, you're going to do better than Carolina. And part of it for me is selfish because I don't want I don't, I don't want C.J. Stroud to get into the spin cycle that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert did where they're changing coordinators every year. That's a hard. It's a hard way for a quarterback to really develop, and I, I, I really think it stunted Trevor Lawrence. I think it stunted Justin Herbert. I, I do think it's hard to to have a new scheme, have new verbiage every season. I, I don't think that's easy on quarterbacks. No, it really isn't, and I, I think that uh, it, it would benefit him. And, and, and as somebody who's happy to see the Texans succeed, I'd like him to stick around. But I think for him, another year would be really good. I mean, I've seen him develop over the course of the year. And you know, get better and better as the year goes on. Uh, the only the only thing I still hate him for is using Tank Dell on that play that broke Tank. <laughs> uh, I, I won't I won't forgive that. But uh, otherwise, I mean, it, it, and seeing D'Amico learn on the fly too. And I talked about this a little bit on Monday. And you know, the games they lost early on to Atlanta and Carolina. Uh, you look back on those and wow, how did they lose those games? They were learning at the time, yeah. and they they kind of needed those losses because. Those losses led to a lot of good wins at the end of the season because that everybody, especially CJ, learned what to do in that situation. And and the coaches learned what to do in those situations. And suddenly uh, you've got a team that um, I, I, I think they have a shot this week. I think the Browns are better, but they do have CJ back and they do have Will Anderson back, who I don't you know, I, I don't want to dismiss how disruptive that guy is. And they didn't have those guys the first time. And I don't think Joe Flacco's going to go off quite the way he did in that first game. He was unbelievable. That was old school vintage win a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco. But uh, but before we get to that, though, we'll just, uh, you know, just to wrap up the colleges a little bit, uh, shout out to Bleed Blue, shout out to my man, Lawyer Dave, who I hope will be on later. Congratulations. Your guys won it all. And, um, you know, kind of an interesting game, I think. Penix did not play as well as he did in the semifinal, not even close. No. And I think Michigan just warmed down late is what happened. And, um, you know, I, I think Washington's a good team. I think they're better than the score, but clearly Michigan was better. You know what I thought the big mistake, I, and this is something that I, I you won't hear me say often, I think Kalen DeBoer had a bad game plan. Uh, yeah. And, and they played a little bit scared. It, like Washington led the country in dot, and it, they were so afraid to go down the field against Michigan and I, I guess they were. They saw last week. They saw, or the you know, the week before when uh, Milrow took all those sacks, and they said we don't want that to happen. But I, I one of my my actually my biggest prop bet on this game was under thirty nine and a half pass attempts for Michael Penix, and I figured he'd probably go under his attempts and over his yards 
because Michigan was going to try to control the ball with their run game, which they did very effectively. Yeah. yeah. So when Washington was out there, they would want to score quickly. They they would want they wouldn't want to uh, run more clock. They would they would want to shorten the game, uh, and or excuse me, extend the game while Michigan was trying to shorten it. And you saw so many dink and dunk pass attempts, like it was, it, it was crazy. It just wasn't Washington football. And the biggest shot they took all game got called back for holding. Um, yeah. It was it, like it was just a weird game plan. And I mean, the fact I mean, he threw so many freaking times. I think he was well over 40. So it did, yeah. I mean, my, my bet lost. And, and I'm not just like bitter because my bet lost. I just think it was a bad game plan because I, I think you have to take shots, especially you're the underdog. Uh, you know, they're going to their whole plan is to keep Michael Penix on the sidelines because they yeah. don't want to give up those big plays. And you just played into it with some quick three and outs, and you know, like you're punting on on third and three or, or fourth and three. I mean, like it, it, it's not the way to beat Michigan. And it, this was a a good Michigan team. I, I, you know, the I don't know they're great. I, I think the best team they played this season was Alabama. Alabama gave gave yeah. them hell. Um, yeah. But uh, it, it's fifteen and zero is fifteen and zero, uh, and there's there's no doubt who who the uh, the champion should be. I will say. And like people were like, you were against Michigan all year. It's like that, that's just <laughs> that's, I saw that tweet. Yeah, Michigan was like number two in my power ratings at the beginning of the season, all the way to the end of the season. And I like I picked them to to cover twenty two points against Iowa in the Big Ten championship. Like there, I was I was I I had futures on Michigan to win the Big Ten, Michigan to go over their win total, and they're like. You've been against Michigan all season long because I I was against them in the Alabama game, which probably should have won, and I was against them in the Washington game, which I was just wrong on. Uh, yeah. But I mean, to act like I was like some anti-Michigan guy was crazy. And then they were like, "You still think Georgia's better than Michigan?" And yes, I still think Georgia's better than Michigan. It's I mean, I, I understand why Georgia wasn't in the playoff. I'm not saying that Michigan doesn't deserve to be the champion, but I still think Georgia was the best team in the country. They just didn't didn't make the playoff and. With four teams, some it's going to be like that sometimes. Yeah, well, we're not going to have to wor worry about four teams anymore. Oh. But the, the the other thing I I, I will say about that is um, I, I was impressed with Harbaugh's game plan. I think he he did pick on some things uh, in Washington, uh, but the one thing that kind of drove me nuts is I'm I'm watching all the you know I watch all the stupid TV shows in the morning after big games, and it's like, is Michigan the best college football team ever? And I'm like, oh, just stop. They're not yeah, even better than the last. Like they're the two Georgia teams from the last two seasons would would smash this team. Uh, twenty twenty Alabama, twenty nineteen yeah. LSU, uh, that that Miami team back in the day with Andre Johnson. Give me a break! And it's like the I, Texas it, team that what they beat USC, the USC team the year before that. Like yeah, there's yeah. this Michigan team's not one of the ten best teams ever. It's but this is good. the game we play every yeah. every year. A team and especially if they go undefeated, we say. Ooh, this is one of the best teams of all time. It, it's not. It, they're they're uh, a good team. A... Yeah, I, I mean they they played in a uh, a Big Ten that was maybe a little down, and you know uh, they, maybe they, a lot down. They won, but remember this is the same team that the, the, the last two seasons got absolutely waxed in the playoffs. Pretty much the same personnel. Like this isn't the greatest team of all time. This is like, this isn't the greatest team of the last two seasons. Like I, I assure you that they're good, but no, again, I don't even think they're the best team this season, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the thing. It's, it's just like, you have to listen to the hot takes. The other one was, uh, Oh, well the, the Michigan, you know, th this is good that they won. Uh, the cheating thing is no big deal. And, and, and it's like, these are the same assholes who were all over Belichick, all over the Astros. Yeah. You know, oh, this is no big deal. This doesn't taint anything. And yet you're tainting everything with the other ones. You know, fuck off already. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I don't care about this. I, I thought that I, I get they broke the rules. I, I don't think you should break the rules. But the idea that you went and watched another team play and like took notes, I, I feel like that's what you're supposed to do. I, I like I, the idea that that's even a rule is weird to me. So, yeah. um, I don't have any problems with what Michigan did. I, I'm not calling. I mean, I get. Yeah, they broke the rules, but I'm not calling this title tainted because I, I think no. I, I think they were fine without it. Well, I've been consistent. I don't think the other ones were tainted either, but that's that's fine. Yeah. Um, 
you know. Uh, now you so, deflate a football. Ooh. Oh dear! Oh dear! <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's like uh, trying to have sex with a limp penis. Uh, let's uh, let's get to uh, Nick Saban because uh, this this will cause this will cause some movement somewhere, right? Now I know Dan Lanning's already said no, and that was the name that came up first. I don't see any way Kirby Smart is leaving Georgia for there, uh, and I think it's a hard job for somebody because that's a tough act to follow. And it sure it's, is. It's, and Saban talked a lot about the grind and all of this, and it, and it is amazing that we lose. Uh, I think the two greatest coaches in their sport are leaving the places where they've done the most in, in the same day. But I, I really believe that uh, uh, this job is great because Saban made it great. I don't think it's a, a cakewalk for just anybody. I agree. Um, this is a this is a, a good job. It became a great job when when Nick Saban took it and like the greatest coach of all time took that job and, and turned it into a great job. Uh, I think it's much like New England. Is New England a great NFL job? I, I don't know. No. I, I, I don't think so. I think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady made it a, a great franchise for a long time. I, I don't have any uh, anything to indicate that now that those two guys are gone, they're suddenly going to be consistently good. I, I think that they're probably going to turn back into a pumpkin and that happens. It's okay. Like it, it's, it's, a, you have a great run sometime. Look at Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many different people is, is Nebraska tried to replace Osborne with? And you just, you just can't. That said, I mean, Alabama has a lot of recruiting advantages that a place like Nebraska or, or Notre Dame or those places don't have. The problem is they've also got a lot of competition and this this is the best news ever for LSU fan. This is the best news ever for yeah. Texas fan, for Auburn fan, for Georgia fan, for Oklahoma maybe, fan. Maybe, maybe even Aggie. Maybe. Yeah. yeah Aggie fan. <laughs> I mean, the SEC is wide open again. Like, it's – I mean, obviously, I still think Georgia's the king of the mountain there. But there's certainly, you know, a seat at the table available. And, it, it like – You've already seen the recruiting fallout. A bun bunch of recruits have already said, "Oh, Nick's out. I'm out." I, yeah. I know, like the uh, the top uh, one of the top receivers in the country has already said he he's going to uh, he he he's always wanted to play at Texas. His rece his receivers coach is is at Texas A and M now, so he's looking at those two places. That's already other SEC schools benefiting from Nick Saban leaving, and I mean it, it's going to keep and that's a kid who's from Alabama. Like a, right. an Alabama high school player is is going out of state to Texas now. That which wouldn't have. I mean, the best players in Alabama forever went to Alabama, and now I, I think it's again it's it's kind of wide open. Yeah, and I, I just don't know like the names that they keep throwing out there. And you're Alabama, you should be able to get some of these guys. But I don't see Sark leaving Texas for Alabama. I, I think he can turn Texas into Alabama, frankly. And uh, Dabo, I, I don't know about. I, I'm not so sure that losing all his assistance the last few years that he's going to have any success there. And then Kalen DeBoer, you mentioned, and, um, you know, and, and Lane Kiffin, those are the names they keep throwing out. I, I just don't really see a path for any of those guys. And I'm, I may be wrong about that. Is it, is it confirmed that Dan Lanning, like, I, I haven't seen that that was confirmed that he said, no, I, I is that a, well, that he told, he, he told, he told his players that he wasn't leaving. He's okay. looking at well, him and he and he had a meeting with him and he and he just said basically said I'm staying. So uh, I kind of got. I mean, I think he would be the best candidate. I really do. Uh, I do but, too. Uh, yeah. And Scott and I, who the guy I do the podcast with, uh, straight out of Vegas, we we had a, a debate about this, and I said I would I would want Dan Lanning. He wants Dabo Swinney, and I think hiring Dabo Swinney right now is akin to Texas A&M when they hired Jimbo Fisher. You're, you're hiring a guy based on what he's done in the past with no indication that it's repeatable. And I think Dabo Swinney is a dinosaur. I, I think that he is he's not embracing the transfer portal. He's not embracing NIL. He's not relatable to players. I, I don't I don't think I don't think Dabo's a good choice at all. If Dan Lanning's off the table, if that really is the truth, I, the next best option to me is Lane Kiffin. And you might laugh at that. And and Lane Kiffin, no, not me. Lane Kiffin had a big job at USC, and 
I mean, depending on how you want to put it, maybe he blew it. I, I don't know. But to me, what that dude's done at Ole Miss warrants him getting a, an opportunity. Uh, it's pretty clear he understands the transfer portal. He understands NIL in a way, and and he has a he has a a way of relating to young players that I think is is ideal. And it, like if you hire him, he, I mean, he could be your coach for the next thirty years. Like he, he, he that kind of guy, I think. Uh, so um, now now that that's you know that's changed. Uh, it, with Dan Lanning out of the, the conversation, I, I would say Lane Kiffin should be the next call. Although Kalen DeBoer is going to get some looks too. Kalen DeBoer worries me a little more than Lane Kiffin because um, Kalen DeBoer's only had a couple years at a, a, a football school. <laughs> so right. you know, no, no right. offense to, to Indiana or any of this D3 stuff. But um, yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it's Lane Kiffin for me. And maybe after that, maybe it's Mike Norvell with all the the drama that, that they're going through there, maybe you can snag him away. But it, to, to me, Dabo is, is not a good call. And, and the one thing about Len Kiffin, yeah, he had his issues at USC and then he ran from Tennessee before he could truly fail. But he was a kid. He was yeah. way too young for those jobs. The Raiders job, too young for him. And he's developed into a terrific coach. And I think – Working for Saban really helped him, and um, yeah, I, I think that would that would be a guy who could keep them uh, relevant. I mean, if you can do what you're doing at, at Ole Miss, you're going to have better players at Alabama, yep. and and he'll find a way to win there. So, I think it's going to be really interesting over the the next week or so to to see how some of this plays out, and and if there's other jobs that open after the first round of the playoffs, which uh, uh, we, we can move on to now, unless there's anything else in college football we need to hit. Let's jump on it. All right. So uh, first round of the playoffs and, um, you know, your your home fields are the Ravens and the 49ers. I think most of us would say that's probably the it's probably the best two teams in their respective conferences. I still think the Ravens are the best team. My only concern with them is that, boy, they do have some playoff hiccups and uh, long history I mean, of playoff failures for Lamar specifically. And that's really the only thing I can look at and say, you know what, that that worries me. Because otherwise, this this team is the most complete in football, in my opinion. Uh, but we'll, we'll start with the, the FC. And in their usual Saturday spot, your beloved Houston Texans against the Browns. I think the Browns are the better team here. But uh, I also think, you know, what we, what we saw a few weeks ago just wasn't fair because there wasn't a CJ, there wasn't a Will Anderson and like I said, Flacco was out of his mind. I don't think Flacco's playing that kind of game again. He'll play well. But I think uh, it really depends on how CJ lives up to the moment against a really great defense. And, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of unfortunate they really only have one receiver right now. But, man, Nico Collins has turned into an absolute beast. Yeah, I'm going to uh, – my favorite play in this game is the over, 44 and a half. Um, I mean, we saw what the what the the Browns did to the Texans defense last time. The the Texans played a pretty weak schedule of opposing quarterbacks, and when they saw yeah. the ones, those guys ate them up. Uh, they, they they ended up winning that Bengals game, but Joe Burrow threw the ball around the yard on them. Uh, the only top ten EPA offense they played all season was Baltimore first week of the season. That's crazy to me uh, that they were yeah. able to go that. So I think Houston's defense isn't as good as people think they are. And this this Cleveland offense is, you know, the, obviously with Joe Flacco, something's changed. Like they're they're just going for it. Um, and I think, you know, you, you mentioned Will Anderson. Do we know if he's playing? Because I know he didn't practice the last two days. And usually, if you don't practice on Tuesday and Wednesday for a Saturday game, it's it's looking shaky. And Jonathan Grenard, Jerry Hughes, neither one of those guys, like none of the three guys. None of their three pass rushers practiced on Tuesday or Wednesday, yeah. which is concerning. Um, and then the, the the Ravens are eight and zero to the over on the road. I don't know what it is, but their defense gives like they play. They're they give up about eleven more points per game on the road. I don't know why, but it's been consistent all season long, uh, and they're going over by about two touchdowns per game. So uh, mm. the, the over feels like the way for me. I lean to the Browns in the game, and a lot of it is just an experienced quarterback versus an experienced an inexperienced quarterback. And 
Joe Flacco's got 15 starts in the postseason in his career. Yeah. CJ yeah. Stroud's playing in his first really big game, and it happens to be against the best defense in the league. Uh, no one in the no one in the league has their PFF grade drop more under pressure versus when they're kept clean than CJ Stroud. He is the sixth sixth best quarterback when kept clean this season, 18th. Uh, when he, when he's under pressure, and that's out of the twenty, only twenty four qualified, fifty percent of the snaps this season. So he drops from a ninety two to a forty eight, and of course the Browns have the highest graded pass rush in the NFL. So um, I, I think that this game is the Browns to lose. It's it's a little wild that a, a team with Joe Flacco at quarterback is a two and a half point road favorite, um, but it, I, I do think both teams have some success on offense. I mean, this game went. This game shot way over the first time, and in Case Keenum started the like it was Case Keenum and Davis Mills, like yeah. So yeah. If, if that game went over, I expect this one does. Especially what, like I said, I, I think the the Texans may be a little banged up at pass rush, and if, if you don't get a rush on Joe Flacco, he, he's he's going to carve up this defense. All right, uh, Dolphins and Chiefs uh, on a Saturday on Peacock, which everybody's bitching about, but. Uh, if I'm Peacock, I'm, I want the Chiefs on there because, uh, you know, I paid a lot of money for this, so I want to get subscriptions. I, I mean, you know what that, I think is I'm, true? I, I think you can, like, if you want to watch a bunch of different shows on Peacock, you need to you need to have a subscription to it. But I think there's also free content on Peacock. I think yeah. you may just need to download the app and not pay a subscription. You should be able to watch this game. I know a lot of people are freaking out about it. I don't know if it's that big of a deal. Like you, you might just have to download an app. And if, I mean, if that's a problem for you in this day and age, then good luck yeah. watching Thursday Sorry. night football or I mean anything, but yeah. I, I don't think you have to pay peak. I, I might be wrong. I don't think you have to pay Peacock to watch this football game. Okay. Well, uh, I have it anyway for law and order reroads. So, oh, well, uh, you're not, good. Not a problem. Not a problem. But uh, apparently the weather is so bad. They're telling people not to go out and, it, it, it seems crazy that they're going to play this game in what is probably going to be horrible conditions. Yeah. I mean, this looks like it's, it's going to be wild. Um, and not, it's not going to be a fun, a fun game to watch. I don't think, uh, but it's playoff football. And this is what, this is what Miami was dreading. Like this is why Miami needed that game last week. So badly Tua away from home against good teams, so think about this. The, the Dolphins went four and four on the road this year. Their wins were the Patriots, the Jets, Commanders, and Chargers. Their four losses <laughs> away from home, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles, Ravens, the average margin, 21 and a half points per game they lost by, those four games. This is Tua's first career playoff start. He's on the road. Sub-zero temperatures with wind playing against the best quarterback in the world. Meanwhile, Mahomes, this is his 15th start, playoff start. He's 11 and 3, 35 to 7 TD to interception ratio. So he's basically played a full MVP caliber season in the playoffs. And obviously, this Chiefs team is is struggling on offense. Like it, it, there's no, there's no denying it that they, it's a struggle for them, but um I trust their defense more right now. The, the, the Chiefs were able to rest a bunch of guys last week, uh, so they should all be ready to go. And the health situation for Miami is still rough. Uh, right. I know Jalen Waddle is practicing. I know Tyree Kill is practicing. Are these guys going to play? Like, are, And how effective are they going to be in this kind of weather? Tyree, let me rant for a minute on Tyree Kill. Sure. If you've got an ankle injury – and this this happened last week against Buffalo. He was he was questionable all week with an ankle injury. He plays. He kept going in and out of the in and out of the lineup. He was on the field for a couple of plays. He'd bang it up and then he'd leave again. He finally catches a touchdown. What's he do? Like a springboard backflip. Yeah, like what the hell? I, I mean, have some common sense there, dude. Um, either way, <laughs> but they're still banged up on the offensive line. They're still banged up at receiver and. Um, it, it, both their safeties, their starting safeties, haven't played yet. This uh, haven't practiced yet this week. That's concerning. We already know they're without Xavier Howard, so you might be without three of your four starters in the secondary. Um, and I, I know Miami's best best path to success is running the ball, 
but they leaned on the run against the Ravens and got blown out. They, they ran, yep. I mean, they ran for 6.2 yards per carry, got blown out. They ran for like seven and a half yards per carry early in the season against Buffalo, got blown out. Um, it, I, 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 this game had 35 points in the first matchup, and that was the game in Germany. Uh, it included a 59 yard fumble recovery touchdown, and the, it was still a 21 to 14 final. With these weather, with this weather oh, situation, yeah. like I played under 45, uh, it's down to 43 and a half. I'd still play under 43 and a half. I, I, I don't, I mean, I, th- I think Miami has a really hard time moving the football here. I, I mean, we've seen them against good defenses really struggle. Uh, Baltimore, they struggled. Uh, I, I think that at Buffalo, they struggled. I, at Kansas City, they struggled. I think they struggle here. So I like the under in this game. All right, uh, I'm, I'm sure the weather's going to be just beautiful in Buffalo for the Steelers-Bills. I think as long as is uh, we don't get evil Josh Allen, I just don't think the Steelers have enough for him, especially without T.J. Watt. But, I mean, we've seen it. I mean, they, he damn near threw away the game to the Dolphins. Uh, and, you know, he's he's been evil Josh Allen a lot this year. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to touch the point spread here. If I did, it would be Pittsburgh plus 10. Uh, yeah. I think this is just I mean the weather in this game is is insane. Uh they're talking about the the temperature is only going to be 24. When I say only 24 like oh no big deal. But the wind <laughs> the wind chill is going to be below 0 because there's gusts they're saying up to 50 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. I mean I I think you're going to see two very conservative offenses. This is going to look a lot like when the Bills played the Patriots uh 2 years ago at the end of the season and it, the Patriots ended up winning that game. Um, and, yeah, the, and, the 10 seven yeah. and Mac Jones yeah. threw the ball three times. Uh, I would look at, uh, player props under on Josh Allen, Mason Rudolph. I played my favorite play on this game. I, I played the, uh, Chris Boswell under five and a half kicking points. I, I don't think teams are going to even try to kick. I, I think you're going to see teams going for two. I, I, I think the wins are going to be so crazy that they're not even going to try. Um, so when, and, and, Otherwise, on this game, like when they played this game last year, the Steelers weren't competitive. Uh, I mean, this the Bills. Right. The Bills had ten point two yards per play. Steelers had five point one. I, I mean, JJ Watt, no JJ, no TJ Watt for the Steelers is brutal. But we we talked about this a little bit last year when the Bengals played the Bills in in the playoffs, and the the big advantage it looked like the Bills were going to have was the Bengals' offensive line was just dog shit. But right. but the Bills couldn't get they couldn't generate a pass rush because the snow and the and the, the the weather was so bad it was hard for them to get off and it ended up not mattering. So maybe it doesn't matter as much that TJ Watts out here. Um, I, it's hard for me to trust Mason Rudolph on the road in a playoff game, but against a good defense. But I I, I I'm not going to play the side on this game. I, I'm looking at under on some props for uh for for the quarterbacks for the kickers for receivers. Uh, I think that you're, this is going to be a Najee Harris game for Pittsburgh. I think they're going to work him to death, and I don't think there's much work for Jalen Warren because, and this sounds really nice, like I, I, it's like having a Humvee and a Maserati. They're like the uh, the broke dick versions of that. So it's like having like a uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, like a, like having a Jeep Cherokee and uh, a Iraq Z or something. But you you don't take your Maserati out when it's snowing. And Jalen Warren, just this this type of game is not what he's built for. So I expect they use their their snowplow here. And I think their snowplow back is is Najee Harris. Yeah, based on everything you've said about this, I I almost have to take the Steelers plus 10. If it's going to be a low scoring game, that's a huge margin for an NFL game uh, where points are going to be at a premium. All right, let's move on to the NFC. Uh, your beloved Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys. I think the Packer, Packers have been phony all year, but I, I'm still with the Cowboys, even more so than the Ravens. I'm not trusting them in the playoffs, even though they've been so good at home this year. Give me the over in this game. I, I mean, Dallas is great at home. They haven't played a ton of great offenses, and the Packers right now are a great offense. Um, Jordan Love in the second half of this season. First, so the first 10 games of the year, Jordan Love – his average QBR was 50.9. The last wow. seven games, it was 76. First 10 games this season, 16 to 10 interception or touchdown to interception ratio. Last seven games, 16 to one. 
So same amount of touchdowns, one pick versus 10, and that's in three less games. Since week 11, he is the highest rated pa- or second highest rated passer in the league behind only Brock Purdy and EPE plus uh, CPOE, which is like completion percentage over expectation, a, a pretty uh, deep analytic stat that is a, has been a great way to project quarterbacks. Right. And and this I, I think Dallas is going to put up their numbers. The, the Packers defense is dreadful. Uh, yeah. But I, I think Green Bay can keep up. Green Bay's third in the league in points per game on the road this season. Dallas is the highest scoring home team this season. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be a shootout. I kind of lean to Green Bay here. Uh, I, I, I feel like McCarthy makes some sort of bonehead decision late that, that lost a cover. Uh, I would probably have this game, like if I were lining this game, I'd probably make it on the other side of seven. I'd probably have Green Bay plus six and a half. Yeah. Uh, their offense has played so well. So I, I think there is some value on the Packers, but I, I just think I think both teams score a, a shit ton here. All right, Rams at Lions, which I uh, I think I may be looking forward to this game as much as any of them because there won't be the weather issues there. I think it's the most fun game of the week on paper anyway. Yeah, it certainly is. And and the Rams have played terrific over the second half of the season. And, uh, you know, the one thing they do so well is you know, everybody get, gave them grief for trading all their number one picks, and it, it got them a Super Bowl. But they draft so well in the middle of the draft. They get the Puka Nakuas, who are first-round picks. Yep, and and, uh, and they're still relevant. And I think you and I have kind of been on them all year. And they have, uh, uh, like, listen, whatever. It's it's time to admit Sean McVay is one of the best coaches in the NFL. Oh yeah. Um, and listen, I I think that the, the, both these teams are going to have some success on offense, but I think the Rams are on a different level right now from an offensive standpoint. Since the midway point of the season, the only offense better per DVOA than the Rams is is the 49ers. And a right. lot of that is Kyron Williams. They, like yeah, before before last week where everybody sat out, they were scoring 31 points per game since he back, came back from injury. Um the Lions defense is going to be in trouble here. They are 29th per PFF in pass coverage. The Rams have so many weapons. It, it's like a, an over an overflow. Uh Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, DeMarcus Robinson, Tutu Atwell's back. Tyler Higby, like they've just got, and that's not even counting Kyron Williams. McVeigh knows golf better than anybody. I expect the Rams to have an ex, a, a very good defensive game plan. Uh, they've been solid against the run over that stretch where they've won seven out of eight. Their only loss was that that overtime loss to the Ravens. They're eighth in EPA per play in that stretch uh, against the run. I think the Lions' injuries are going to catch up with them too. I think losing Sam Laporte is a big deal. Like, yeah, I think that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. He's their red zone target. Like, he's the guy who who they throw. He, he's their touchdown maker. Uh, Khalif Raymond injured, and, and the Lions just aren't super deep at playmaker. Like, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown, but I mean, Jameson Williams has been a roller coaster. Um, I, I'm just going to back McVeigh here against a quarterback who he knows. And that he knew wasn't good enough to get the Rams where he wanted them to go. So I, I think that this is one of those games where Jared Goff kind of melts in the spotlight and the pressure's on him. And and I think the Rams get it done. I I, I played the Rams at three and a half. I'd still play them at three. I, I think playing the Rams on the money line is not a bad call either. I, I think the Rams can win this game. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I actually have a Rams money line, line bet already. Uh, okay, and then the final one. Uh, the Eagles, who have really just fallen apart here over the second half of the season. Mm, almost against, like I told everyone. Yep, yep. Against the Tampa team that uh, you know, I, they're they're average. They've, they've gotten a good year out of Baker Mayfield. But you know, I, I it, to me, this one is, is interesting because I don't know which Eagles team is going to show up. And I don't know when they're going to just flip the switch and suddenly be Eagles again. I mean, I don't, is it, I, I don't see is it that. possible they're just not that good? Oh, it's very possible, yeah. Listen, this team plus five on the season in scoring margin. They they won eleven games and they were plus five points on the whole season. It just doesn't happen. Um, I, I, my favorite play on this game is the under. We saw this game once already. The Eagles won that game twenty five to eleven. Uh, it was at Tampa, and that was when the Eagles' offense was good. Uh, right, it, it, like it was twenty five to three. The Bucks scored a late touchdown, got a two point conversion. It 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 was a grind for these offenses. The Eagles' offense is currently not good and not healthy. Like, 
I don't know if you saw Jalen Hurts' finger. It, I mean, it, it looked like he slammed it in a car door. Like, that's his middle finger. And think about when you throw a football, what fingers matter? Like, your your pinky and your and your pointer finger matter probably the least, but your thumb and your, you know, your middle and your ring fingers matter a lot. Yeah. Like your, your middle finger is your pressure finger on the top side of the football. And, it, like, that, that's it, – again, it looked like it was mangled. Uh, and he could say, "Well, I'm going to play anyway." You, I, Justin Herbert had a hard, like he had that hard time playing with his finger on his non-throwing hand busted. Um, AJ Brown had to leave the game with a bum wheel. There were some people saying, "Oh, he wasn't really hurt. He was embarrassed that he fumbled." Maybe I don't know, but it, I mean, he, he looked pretty banged up to me. Devontae Smith was too hurt to even play last week. This offense sputtered into the playoffs, and Tampa can still stop the run. Like that's that's what they do. Uh, on the other side. I mean, Baker Mayfield was like limping to and from the huddle. Like, I mean, his, yeah. his I think his, I mean, he's a gutty dude. He's not going to quit. He's a, t- he's a legit tough guy. Um, shit to say about Baker that I, I don't think is great, but you can't question Baker's hard tough dude. Um, but I, and while I think the extra day of rest helps both teams a little, I don't think it matters that much. Tampa this season, 11 and six to the under. So they're an under team already. Philly was nine and eight on overs, so they had one more over than under. But on the road, two and seven to the under. This is a prime time under, a Monday night under, which was, I mean, those were about as profitable as you could get this season. Right. Uh, so I, I like under forty four in Philly Tampa. I, I lean to Tampa here. Um, I don't, I don't like either one of these teams. I think these are, if you take Pittsburgh out of the mix, I think these are the two worst playoff teams. And I know it's crazy, like. People are like, oh, how can you say that about the Eagles? I've been saying it. The Eagles are an average team on a good day. And if they didn't do what they did last year, we would we wouldn't think they were any good. Like we we just have to, you have to get rid of that that prior at this point of the season in this year, without those coaches that are gone from last year, they're just an average team. I think the Bucs are a, a below average team, but my rule of thumb all season long is. If you've got an average to below average team and you're laying points on the road, I'm not interested in you. And I think the Eagles are average. I'm not interested in laying a full field goal on the road. I think it's crazy. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. And I think uh, the thing about the Eagles, they started off 10 and 1, but you were saying it then. Statistically, they weren't a 10 and 1 team. No. And just like a couple of years ago with the Steelers when we were still on air and you were telling about, oh, the Steelers are 11 and 0, but they're, they're not, you know? Yeah, like stats matter. Like, you, 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 listen, over the course of a year, you're going to win games you're supposed to you're not supposed to win and lose games you're not supposed to lose. Like we were talking about the Texans earlier and some of the some of the losses that in hindsight it's like how'd they lose that game? Remember the game at Tennessee? They should have never won that game. Right. They did. So I mean, that's going to happen. The the point is like it should over the course of a season it should weigh out and if you look at stats like you, you, you should be close to what your stats say you are at the end of the year. Philly is nowhere close to what their stats say there. You know who's a, who was a lot like this last year? Minnesota. Oh Minnesota, yeah, yeah, yeah. Minnesota pro they were thirteen and or thirteen and four I think at the end of the season. Uh, like eleven and one in one score games or something. They like profile that. like yeah. their statistical profile was like the sixteenth best team in the league, and they I mean they lost to the Giants at home in the playoffs. They probably weren't that good. So, I mean, this uh, this idea that, that all that matters is your record, well, they just find a way to win, that, that's, uh, that's old, it's old school thinking, and I, I don't think that's the way to handicap. And that's why I've been against Philly. I mean, Philly's been a, an ATM for me. I just keep betting against the Eagles because the, the lines keep coming like this. Like the lines show respect for the Eagles that I don't think is warranted. It was warranted last year. It's not this year. All right, so uh, that should get you guys ready. Uh, my my one team that I, I think might be able to make a run in the NFC, uh, I, I like the Rams and where they are. Uh, that's kind of my snake. I think you look at it and everybody's like Dallas, San Francisco. I think the Rams could uh, break up that party. Uh, in the, AFC, the problem is if the Rams win, they're they're likely to be the lowest. I mean, unless Tampa wins. But right. Or I mean, excuse me. Uh, no, even even if the no, Tampa's a, no Tampa's a four because they won the division. Yeah. So I mean, if the Rams win, it, it would take Dallas losing. Uh, otherwise, 
if if Dallas if the Packers win, then this doesn't matter. But if the Rams win, they're likely to have to go to San Francisco next. And yeah, I yeah, mean that, that, Shanahan's just owned Sean McVay. That's my biggest concern. I'd love it. Yeah. I like the Rams as a future. If I knew that there was someone else who had a chance to knock off the 49ers before the Rams played them, but the way the the way it's lining up, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to pick the Rams over the Niners. Yeah, I, I just uh, if it's a team other than really what we've talked about with Dallas and San Francisco, I think it could be the Rams. The other one in the AFC, I, I think I think it's the Browns. I, I think so too. I, I think if if Joe Flacco if if he can get hot for a three game stretch, and we've seen it happen before. The rest of that team is built to win. Like they're an elite defense. Weather's not going to bother. Like you think playing in Buffalo or Baltimore or Kansas City is going to bother the Browns? That's what that's what they're no. built for. Uh, that's what Joe Flacco's done his whole career. So th- to me, there that's the dark horse in the AFC. Dark horse in the NFC is the Rams. But at the end of the day, I'm 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 still likely picking Baltimore and uh, Baltimore and and San Francisco to be in the Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah, me too. But you know, you just you just want to. Make something interesting come out of it, but it looks. Although, it looks- man, I'll, I'll tell you, Buffalo. I still think Buffalo's better than what people think they are, and and I, I do too. Somebody's got to somebody's got to exercise their playoff demons in the AFC. Otherwise, I mean, it certainly could just be Patrick Mahomes wins the AFC again. That's entirely possible. Otherwise, somebody who hasn't done it before is going to do it in the AFC. Uh, or Joe Flacco. I guess Joe Flacco has done it before, but yeah. it either. Either Tua, Josh Allen, or, uh, or or Lamar kind of breaks what everybody's saying. These guys aren't ready yet. These guys haven't taken that step. So unless it's Mahomes, it's going to be one of those guys. And and that's uh you know it, it, anybody's anybody's shot there. Like if if Josh Allen has a shitty day against Lamar, it ain't happening. If Lamar has a shitty day against Josh Allen, it ain't happening. Yeah. So uh, I, I do think that Buffalo is certainly live in the AFC. All right, how's your uh, college basketball been going so far? Not too bad. Yesterday was a shit day. Um, I, you know, I, I had a couple that I thought I thought were really short. Like Missouri State just didn't even show up for me yesterday. Uh, but man, I, I, it's been good with a lot of these upsets. Like uh, the, the, all these these top teams fall, and I, I called Iowa State playing playing tough with Houston. Um, it's I, I think Houston is going to realize, and and really we've seen all the the big 12, the new big 12 teams kind of realize this is the road trips in this conference are different than American conference road trips and like going to Iowa state and what doesn't matter if Iowa state's ranked or not. There's a thing called Hilton magic and uh, (laughs) Iowa state has it Uh, going, going to Allen field house, going, going to Baylor, you know, like we just saw BYU go to Baylor and it's like, it's just a little overwhelming for them. And you know what? Uh, Credit to, uh, Central Florida for uh, getting yeah. you know beating Kansas on their court, it, which is awesome. But remember, doing it on the road is way different. So if if you're looking to kind of pick at these new Big Twelve teams, to me the the time to do it is on the road, and particularly when the new Big Twelve teams are favored on the road. Um, so I think it, when you see Houston, you know, my is a, is a big favorite uh, against Kansas State, for intre- instance, or, or uh, Baylor or someone like that. Remember that these road trips are tougher than you think they are. Like, don't just look at the team's record and say, oh, Kansas State's not that good. That's a tough road trip, man. It is a tough road trip and it will it will never not be a tough road trip. Even when they're shitty, it will be a tough road trip. All right, listen, TCU's a tough place to go play. Uh, yeah. Know, I mean, there's. It's gonna be. It's gonna be tough. And I was all over Iowa State the other night, uh, for those very reasons. And you know, it's gonna be an adjustment period. I think they're good enough that. But they're, yeah, they're they're gonna they could easily lose five or six games. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, even even when you've got Kansas at home and things like that. I mean, it's still Kansas. So, uh, it, it, it's it is a big step up in class. And uh, I mean, I I think they're they're good enough. But it's it's not gonna be like the American where, oh, you lost the Temple. That's horrible. Uh, I mean that that came out of nowhere. Uh, it's uh, it, man, if if some if some team gets through this conference with one or two losses in conference play, that team's probably going to win the national title. Like, yeah, because yeah. I mean they, they're that's a miracle. I, I just think this conference is so deep, so loaded. Like the idea that Texas is like a bottom half of the Big Twelve team right now. Yeah, uh, like Kansas State might be a bottom half of the Big Twelve team. Those are good teams, man, and. Yeah. What's crazy is 
But I, like I think I, I don't think West Virginia is good. I don't think Cincinnati's very good. Uh, but for the most part, uh, oh, Oklahoma State's not very good. But for the most part, everybody's pretty damn good. And yeah. in, like any given night, it, it's and again, even with those schools, I don't want to go play a road trip at West Virginia. I don't. I don't want to no. go to Iowa or to Oklahoma State. Those are those are still tough trips. But there there's a lot of depth in this conference. And what's crazy is they're going to add the Arizona schools. Like this is a this is a basket a college basketball dream. The Big Twelve is. Oh yeah, it is. All right, AJ, uh, man, I appreciate the, the insight as always. Great stuff. Uh, fun show. Uh, we'll do it again next week. And uh, th- thanks again, man. I really appreciate you. Anytime, brother. All right. And I want to thank all uh, everybody who's been on today. Uh, Half Nielsen had a funny comment I wanted to share because he was talking about playing indoors and said, it's about Houston. We needed to provide a, do- a do- domed experience for overweight Texans fans to comfortably fist fight in the 600 level concourse. I think that sums up a, a lot of people in a very short uh, way. All right, guys. Uh, again, I appreciate you so much. Um, you know, it's funny how how things work in life. Uh, you know, I, I've mentioned on this before that 2023 was just awful, and 2024 was starting off great, and then. Uh, I had a very unfortunate incident this week that uh, uh, has, you know, it, it's a significant setback. Uh, but, but you know what? The business is going to be fine, and we're going to we're going to keep building, and uh, hope to add a third one uh, next, uh, hopefully next week. And I, I really hope that we're we're going to have Jerry Bow uh, involved. But uh, uh, you know, you know, shit happens, and you just keep picking yourself up and fighting back, and. And that's all you can do. And uh, that's what we're going to do. And keep putting on a good product for you. And hopefully, you know, life will turn out just fine. And um, anyway, so I was hoping Lawyer Dave would pop on, talk a little bit about Michigan. But he uh, he has not made it. So I was stalling just a little bit there. And, yeah, Jerry, uh, Jerry's going to be on behind. And we're, we're going to do some cool stuff together again. And I've, I've missed him. Uh, and. It was really, really good reconnecting with him this week, especially after what had happened earlier in the week. So uh, anyway, uh, that will wrap it up. I hope everybody has an awesome weekend. We'll be back to talk about the football on Monday, and I'm, I'm hoping Jerry can do it with me on Monday. We'll see, we'll see what his schedule's like. Uh, but otherwise, uh, until then, stay sportsy Gulf Coast badasses. <laughs>